Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man, I said it without a smile on my yeah, face. Yeah, I know, and That's you're right. here. You're here by your own right. free will. You were not coerced. Yes. You weren't forced. Wasn't paid. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, I'm not either, so welcome <laughs> to the club. But, uh, no, it's good to see you, man. You've had a, have you had a good week? I did, yeah. we uh, you know The first kind of uh, blossom of spring was here, so was able to go out and do some yard work that really, you know, kind of pulled up all the dead stuff that happened during Snowmageddon, you know, and yeah. replanted some stuff, so it was good. Well, you know, I mean, we're right here in Holy Week, you know, it seems like mm-hmm. it snuck up on us. We were doing Exodus 90, and it seems like it was going to be forever before we got to Easter, but, you know, here it is this week. We're in Holy Week, so uh, it's an exciting time. I know we haven't talked a lot about Lent. Um, we're going to talk about some of that today. Yeah. Uh, we've just been led in other directions, right? The Lord keeps giving us different things that to talk about that haven't necessarily touched on Lent, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that here in a few minutes. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Covenant Eyes. Uh, you know, I have people all the time that are, that are, you know, texting, emailing, messaging me, saying I'm struggling with pornography. Look, if you want to do something about it, you have to do something right. about it, right? You have to take action, and one of the best things you can do is get Covenant Eyes and put it on all your devices. I mean, if you talk to anybody that really has been successful in, in breaking a porn habit, they're doing something with filtering. And in my opinion, before they were ever sponsoring the show, I use Covenant Eyes. It's great. Um, you know, I, I've been the accountability partner for several people, um, and it's really helped them as well. It's great software, and it's not just for you to stop viewing porn. It's also to protect your children and your other loved ones in your house from seeing things that they shouldn't. It's really, really great, and it's something you're going to need. So if you're serious about getting rid of porn, let CE uh, Covenant Eyes be part of your solution to live a porn-free life. You can get it today at start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. It's a 30-day free trial there. You can try it out, see if you like it. If you do and it's working for you, then you can keep it. If for some reason you know you don't like it, you can always opt out of the free trial. But give it a chance and see if it's going to help you. If you're really struggling, you need something else other than your own willpower to keep you from viewing porn. So guys, go check that out and uh, also use it to secure your family from seeing things there too. Also want to say thank you to the new patrons that we picked up in the last couple weeks. Yeah, Yeah, so Keith, Joe, Bobby, Russell, Andrew, Juan, John, uh, thank you. These guys are joining, some of them at the the narrow road level. Um, You know, speaking of the narrow road for a few seconds, it has been amazing to me to see these comments that guys are sharing either in Patreon or on the Facebook group about what these daily exercises they're doing in this narrow road along this journey, how it's helping them become better men. Uh, I had a guy the other day say that he was praying the act of charity prayer, which was for this month. That was the virtue we were going through. And he was taken through, and he prayed, he prayed that and then a rosary. And he was taken through like some something that was 15 years ago that he hadn't he hadn't forgiven somebody. And part of that act of charity prayer is asking for God to allow you to forgive people and for God to forgive people that have, you mm-hmm. know, on your behalf that's 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 uh, that have hurt you. So he said, like, I didn't even know this was something in my heart or in my life until I started focusing on these type things and this virtue. So that was a story. Uh, you know, there was a guy talking about he's building a trampoline for his kids the other day and yeah. how he thought that was the end goal. But but uh, it was Scott, and he was talking about his daughter um, just, just said, Dad, I just want you to play Frisbee with me. And he started realizing it's about being present, not just the presence, but being present. 
And it's just, just countless stories of guys going out of their way to do things for their wives, guys going to adoration for the first time with their wives, and really even guys' wives saying, is there something like this for women? Because they're seeing the change in their husbands' lives. So if you haven't had a chance, go check out The Narrow Road at justagownthepew.com. There's a tab at the top called The Narrow Road. You can sign up there to, to join as a patron at the $20 level. You'll get The Narrow Road uh, sent to your house at the first of every month. And you can you can join us and go through this journey with us. I also want to say thank you to everybody else that's just a patron in general. You know that that signed up on any level. What you're doing is you're helping us further the evangelization of men. Um, you know through the different things that we're doing. I'm going to that man is you tomorrow um, to to film a couple sessions for for their men's program because they've seen the things that I've been doing mm-hmm. other places because. The things, the donations, the, the support there, the different levels of Patreon, that allows us to do all that. So you're making a difference. You're helping us reach more men, and this is becoming your ministry as well. So when you sign up, don't just think, you know, I'm giving money to, to something, just another thing. You're actually helping men come to Jesus, whether it's through the narrow road or other, uh, other ways. So thank you for that. And also, you're going to get some cool stuff along the way. Shirts, hats, mugs, all that stuff. That's just an added bonus. But the true help is in you actually getting to help us evangelize men. So thank you for everybody for that. Now, I want to start talking about the show. We, you know, I said in the beginning, it was your free will to be here. That was a play on right. of course what we're, we're going to be talking about yeah, today. I was joking. <laughs> he was forced to. I do it because <laughs> I love to volunteer, guys. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, you know, in, we, like I said, we haven't talked about Lent a lot lately. Right. And there was a reading I read in the Narrow Road a couple of days ago. I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the reading about the uh, the pool there at, at uh, Besedia. Yeah. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a guy laying there. Of course, he's surrounded by the ill, the lame, the blind, you know, all these different people. And Jesus walks by, and I'll read the verse here. But it says, Now there is in Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate a pool called Hebrew, in Hebrew, Besedia, with five porticos, in these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him in turn, Rise, take up your mat, and walk. Immediately the man became well, took up his mat, his mat and walked. You know, when I read this, and I've read this a bunch of times, and that's mm-hmm. the amazing thing about Scripture is sometimes you read the same thing you've read a million times, and it hits you a different way. And as I was sitting there going through that on the, on the narrow road, um, I just there were certain things that I heard in here. Obviously, the first one that Jesus says was, do you want to be well? And that's a question for Lent, right? Like when we're going through Lent, it's not just about seeing what I can you know, not do for Psycho 40 days, part, what right, I can give yeah. up. It's not just about white-knuckling it mm-hmm. through Lent and, and torturing yourself. It's about like, what can I give to the Lord? What can I do in my life? How can I be further converted during these 40 days to follow in the footsteps of the Lord and to grow in virtue and holiness in, in my relationship with Him? And so Jesus, he's asking this sick, this ill person has been ill for 38 years, do you want to be well? But he's asking each and every one of us, of, of us that question, every day in our life, right? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be better? Do you want to be healed, right? Do you want to be rid of the things in your life that are um, that are, are holding you back? You know, the stuff that's keeping me from you. And the thing is, it, there's so many great lines in that verse. You know, he goes on to say something like, like, you know, the fact that, here's the thing, Jesus knows us. A lot of times when, when, when if somebody would say, do you want to be well? 
We go, what are you talking about? I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Why, why would you ask me if I need to be well? Don't you see? I got everything I'm supposed to have in life. Life's going great. Everything's going my way. Why would you ask me if I want to be well? And the thing is, Jesus knows. We can fool other people. We can play other people. We can pretend like everything's okay. I'm fine suffices for most people, but it doesn't for Jesus because he knows what's going on in our hearts and he knows what's going on in our lives. So he knows us and he knows our burdens. I mean, it says Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been sick a long time. Jesus never met this man. He walked in there just like he walked everywhere else and he looks over. But scripture tells us he knew that he'd been sick for a long time. That should tell us that Jesus knows everything that's going on in our lives, everything we're struggling with, the things that we, we're afraid to bring to confession, Jesus already knows. The things that we're afraid to tell anybody else, he knows what's in our hearts. So we can't let that be a, an excuse as to why we don't want to be healed, right? As well, well, Jesus doesn't really know what's going on in my life. And Jesus doesn't really love me that way. No, Jesus knows. And that's why he asked the question, do you want to be healed? All right. Well, you kind of touched base on that a little bit about the heart. And, you know, there's a nomenclature out there saying that the longest journey is from the head to the heart, right? Well, because they work almost sometimes in opposite positions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we like, well, you know, people, the way your heart on the sleeve, that kind of thing too, where people are very caring and loving other people. But then the mind kind of says, you know, kind of shuts that down. So what you're talking about in the story is that Christ knows our hearts. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we know in our mind if we're our hearts available and open to Christ, or open available to the Holy Spirit to move, or open available to be charitable to others around us. We know it exactly. We get that feeling going, hey man, why don't you go help that person? No, it's all right. There's other people helping around, you know. Sure. And so you kind of you kind of shut that that brain, that mind shuts that down to where it prevents you to really acting out in charitable events. Sometimes I've done it. I know I'm not the only one guilty of it. But that's the thing is that God says, "Do you want to be well?" Right. Christ says, "Do you want to be well?" Yeah. Being well is not just physical. But throughout the whole spiritual, body, yeah, right? spiritual, everything yeah. to be in the place that I that I'm, I created you to be, right, right, to 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 develop into the person that I called you to be, and that's the thing. Like Jesus is offering you a choice in that moment, and He offers us that choice every day. He offers us that choice in the middle of temptation, right? Do you want to be well? Do you want to choose virtue over vice? Do you want to choose the right thing over the wrong thing, right? We we always look at temptation as if the devil's the only person there, but Christ is always also there saying, here's the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Do you want to be well? Then choose this, right? And so um, the, he offers us a choice, and it really is our choice, and that choice is because we have free will. I mean, that started as we know in the garden. As soon as Adam and Eve bit that apple, they went from to, to having free will, right? Evil came into the world, and now there's a choice between good and evil. Where before everything was perfect and everything was the way that God laid it out, and then we made a mistake, you know, or they made a mistake, and mm-hmm. we pay for it. Everyone behind them pays for it, but we fell. And then because of that, good and evil are in the world, and there's free will. There's a choice in everything that we do. And so, you know, there's there's uh, Antonio Cardinal Bacci has a quote here that I found that's really neat about this free will. It says what me what. Sorry, we must pray for divine grace, but it depends on our own will to ensure that God's grace produces results in us. This is the only way in which we can become perfect. So again, he says we must pray for God's grace, for for divine grace, but it depends on our own will to ensure that God's grace produces results in us. God's grace can flow all over us, but the fact is at the end of the day, we still can reject it if we want to. We can say no to it. We can turn our back from it. And a lot of times... We do that. Like, but here's the thing. Jesus has done the work, right? He's done the work to heal us, to reconcile us, 
to bring us to salvation. But choosing all that is still up to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a choice that we have to make every single day. If you stop making that choice, then guess what happens? You fall away from the faith. You quit going to church. You quit doing the things in your life that you know that you need to do, the things that we put in the narrow road, for instance. That, that That's why guys are saying, my life feels like it's changing, is because they're doing the things that Christ has asked us to do. We have to get up and choose that every day. When we don't is when we find ourselves very far away from the Lord and in a place where we're not well, right? Where Christ has to come to us and ask us that question. But we have to choose. We have to say yes to it. It's up to us. Jesus has done the work to save us, but we still have to accept that in our lives. If we don't, then then what he did has no effect on our lives, right? Mm-hmm. It, we're rejecting in, in turn that that salvation that he that he laid his life down for for us. Well, action, study, and prayer are like the essentials to knowing who Christ is in your life. Mm-hmm. Also, knowing your your level of faith in a sense of where you can find yourself wherever. You know, we talked about so many times. When things are going good, we kind of like do like a high five Jesus prayer. Sure. You know, but when things are going bad, we're like I mean, like sackcloth and ashes moment. You know. Yeah. Where we're like before the the Eucharist or before the altar and just weeping or just praying out of wretchedness. You know, of of stress. But let's not go from one end to the other. Let's kind of be that process where we're always there, like a compass north. Our faith is always pointed towards Christ. Sure. And that's kind of what, you know, be well. Do you want to be well? Yes, yes, I want to be well. Okay, well, come on, man. Get yeah. Up, you know? it, it's and, something, yeah, it's a choice that we have to right. make every single day. And, you know, for me, that choice came in that jail cell, right? Like, you know, I've talked about it on here before, but when I was sitting there on the, on the edge of that bunk bed and... You know, I begin to say those words. Well, at least now people, everybody will know. At least now I don't have to lie anymore. You know, at that point, there was a choice to make. Mm-hmm. It was like Christ was there going, okay, do you want to be well? Right. Right? Because here's what happens if you're not. You're in this jail cell. You can get back out on the street. You can go out there and you can continue to do drugs. You can continue to drink 15 beers a night. And you're going to lose your family. And you're going to lose your faith. And you're probably going to lose your life. At some point, you're probably going to die from this if you continue to do it. So do you want to be well, mm-hmm. right? Do you want a better life? Do you want another chance, another option to live in the way that I've called you to live? Right. I know that all too well. And you know, for a long time in my life, up to that point, I had said, no, I don't want to be well. Right. This isn't a big deal, right? I, Lord, I, I want to love you. I want to go to heaven, but I still want everything else I want too. You know, I want to be able to live the way I want to, and I don't really want to have to bend my life to adhere to a bunch of rules. I want to do what I want to do. Well, you can't have both. Right. That's why it's a choice. And so for me, that was that jail cell moment. But, you know, and maybe your God says, well, you know what? Jesus doesn't want to heal me. Jesus, you know, he, okay, so he knows my burdens. He also knows everything I've done. And why would he want to heal me? And he, he wants to heal everybody else but me, right? That the, the devil likes to convince us that, right? That we're the only person that's, that's bad enough that God doesn't want to forgive. You're the one person that's ever lived <laughs> that right. God just can't forgive. Well, here's another verse, and this is another story about someone coming to Jesus for healing. It's Matthew 8, 2 through 4, and it says, And then a leper approached, did him homage, and said, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand, touched him, and said, I will do it. Be made clean. And his leprosy was cleansed immediately. Immediately. So here's, here's an example. If you say, well, Jesus doesn't want me to be healed. No, he does. He had a leper that came to him and he said, if you wish it, and Jesus said, I do wish it, be healed. Jesus isn't the problem. As I said before, Jesus has done what he had to do to to heal us, right? To, to bring us to salvation, to eternal life, to reconcile us with the Father. But at the end of the day, the choice is ours. 
It's our choice whether we're gonna we're gonna accept that or not. And the thing is, you can see in that first verse, the the first part we read about um, the the man that was ill by the pool, that Jesus isn't interested in our excuses. What do I mean by that? So when Jesus says, um, "Do you want to be to to be well?" This man who's been sick for thirty eight years, you would think he would jump at the opportunity that somebody's offering them, right? Like, yes, I want to be better. I'm tired of not being able to move, and I'm tired of being sick. I've been done for thirty eight years of my life. I've been in this infirmary and this whatever it was, right? That that's that's kept me in this this prison cell, basically. And instead of answering the question, he says, "Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. Well, I'm on my way. Someone else gets down there before me." Jesus said to him, "Again, rise, take up your mat, and walk." So let's let's look at that. So here's this guy who has this wonderful opportunity to be healed, right? And and he doesn't even answer the question, yes or no. He just immediately gives excuses. How many times do we do that in our lives, right? Where Jesus has come to us and, and he's going, I, I, I want to help you, right? Like, let's give you, let's get a better life. Grab my hand. And we just go, well, you know, Jesus, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's I, I'm just tired right now. Or Jesus, this is going to be hard. I mean, granted, this guy had an actual excuse. He was probably physically unable mm-hmm. to get to where he was going. But I'm using this as a point because we're able to make the choice that this guy wasn't. Right, but but he ignored the question and immediately went into excuse mode, and that's how most of us live our life. That's how I lived my life for such a long time. Was Jesus was constantly putting a hand in my face and going, "I'll help you. Stop it. Stop the drug. Stop the alcohol. Stop all this. Stop hurting. Do you want to be well? I'm here." And yet we all do the same thing. You know, the sick man never answered his question. He just got caught up in the practical details of why he couldn't get to the water. Right, and we do the same thing each and every day. You know, it's a problem that we continue to have until we start to realize, I don't need excuses. I need to answer the question, yes, I want to be well. We don't need to know how. We don't need to know when. We don't need to know how it's going to happen. It's just, yes, I want to be well. And when you give your yes, when you you choose with your free will to, to grab the Lord's extended hand, to come into your life and to help you be better, then then that's all you need to know. Right, the rest is up to him. It's that surrender and that trust that once you've said yes, that he's going to take care of you. He's not going to sit there like it says in scripture. You know what father would give their kid a viper? You know when he mm-hmm. when he asked for his help. You know God is not going to do that either. He's going to give you the help you need, but you have to make that choice. Well, also, I mean, the the length of stay is quite amazing. Thirty eight years in yeah. the same area, same place, every day seeking to to be healed. And you get you gotta get to the point where he's probably frustrated or he's probably closed himself off from God because he's like here he is in the temple, mm-hmm. right? I think is, is that located in the I temple? Think so. I think it's, so. It's right there outside. It's so a, here he is, closest, it's the gate, yeah. right? Closest to God in the sense of the temple, near the healing pool where obviously tradition says that people get in it when the waters are stirred, healing takes place. And yet it's kind of the point where he just doesn't even maybe try anymore. You know, he just he says, well. Every time I make a move to go there, I don't get it. And we can kind of find ourselves complacency in our spiritual life, like we said mm-hmm. before. And we have to be careful. Like sometimes things that we have yet discussed about in our in our own personal selves of confession, you know, like you said, the gentleman said that he thought about things a long time ago where he totally forgot about it, where something that God put on his heart to really ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we can be so complacent in our lives and our spiritual growth because we're holding on to something. You know, mm-hmm. we're not sure what it is, but it comes to the point where it kind of like almost 
keeps us tied to something sure. of a sin that we can't give ourselves freely from or ask for forgiveness. Right. Or we just we want somebody to do it for us, right? Like we don't want to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I want to be better. Yeah, I mean, I can remember that when I was sitting there on the couch at one o'clock in the morning. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to be better. But I wasn't willing to do anything about it because I was going back the next day and buying drugs. I was going back and buying another 18 pack. I was going back and buying more cigarettes, whatever. You know, at some point we have to do something about it. That's the thing. Jesus has done his work, but we have to do the work to accept it and to live it in our life, to choose it through our free will each and every day. You know, I mean, that's why he says, do you want to be healed? Because I've done what I can do, but I can't do any more until you say you want my help. That's the thing. And that's what most people can't do because our pride or whatever else tells us, you know, no, I need to do this on my own. I'll eventually get around to it when I can. I don't need anybody's help in life or spiritual life or anything. And we knock Jesus' hand away, mm-hmm. right? And we give him excuses like this. Like, I want to be well, Jesus, but I don't want to give up my porn yet. You know, or I want to be well, Jesus, but I, I like drinking too much. And if I if I go with you and you make me well, then I'm going to feel guilty about this kind of stuff. I want to be well, Jesus, but I'd rather have my drugs and the numbness that comes with it. You know, I want to be well, Jesus, but I don't want to give up control of my life. Right. And that's why so many of us fall. That's why he says in the narrow in the, in the narrow gate, right? Narrow is the road and few will find it. You know, wide is the road to hell and, and many travel it. It's because of this. It's it's that choice. It's that free will of not being able to accept his help, of not saying, Yes, Lord, with all of our being, I want to be healed. I want to be better. I, I don't want to deal with the things in my life anymore. I can't deal with this myself. And that's why so many people have to be hit rock bottom, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that they just wake up one day and have a spiritual moment and say, you know what, I need to grow up, I need to be better. But there's so many people out there that hit rock bottom. And it's like, it's that's where they have to be brought to their knees in humility to finally accept that hand and say, yeah, I want to be weld. I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm broken, I, I, I'm at my wit's end, I, I need your help. And that's when our lives change. But it comes to that question each and every day. And it goes back to the point of conversion, right? You may be in a great spiritual spot right now, but even every single day, you better make sure that when Jesus shows up and says, do you want to be well? You answer yes each and every day. Because if you don't, you're going to start backsliding, right? Mm-hmm. Where we've constantly got to be answering that question. Conversion is a lifelong thing. It's not a one and done. You know, I'm baptized and confirmed and all that. I'm good to go. No, it's what you have to be doing the rest of your life is openly choosing the Lord each and every day. People ask me, John, how do you keep doing this? How do you how do you get up on the bad days and all that stuff? It's like because I choose Christ in my life. Well the alternative is not even consideration right. anymore. Right. Right. And it's hard. Like some yeah. days do I want to? Some days no, to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't want to go do the things that you have to do that the requirements of, of following Christ, right? I, I want to not care like everybody else. But it's that we have to make that choice every day because God's not making it for you. And, and you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't sit here and hold on to all these things. If you want to be healed, then you have to give him whatever it is that is making you sick, that is keeping you from him, right? Whatever your spiritual infirmity is in your life. Sorry, I keep hitting the mic. Yeah. I've hit the wall, I've hit the mic. There's all these extra sound effects are free, he guys. Talk There'll be no charge. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so what are we going to do about it? we got a couple minutes left here. Well, first of all, we need to understand that Jesus loves us no matter what we've done, and he wishes to heal us. He wishes us to be well, right? So we have to get that in our minds and keep it there and get all this other junk that the devil wants to tell you about. Jesus can't love you. You're not good enough. All the things you've done, God can never forgive you. Get that junk out of your head and start preaching to yourself every single day. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Victor. Preach to yourself 
about God loves you and he wishes to make you well. Two, we need to look at the things that are keeping us from becoming well and ask us uh, ask ourselves why we keep choosing them, right? Why do I keep doing something? If I know something's bad for me and I know addictions are one thing, right? But just things that I know that are venial sins that I keep doing in my life, why? What am I trying to self-medicate you know, with, with these things? What's hurting? Get to the root of it. And, and once you've identified those things, stop choosing them, right? And choose Jesus over those things. Three, we have to understand that Jesus offers a new life, but he will not choose it for us, right? That is something we have to get up and do every single day is be active in our spiritual life. Not lazy, not comfortable, not sitting back, but actively choosing Jesus and what he's putting in front of us each and every day. That's the only way that we're ever going to be well, right? Is to choose to be well. The opposite, guys, is crazy, right? They say the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and expecting different, different results, yeah. right? Well, if if this is you, then if you want to break that habit and that cycle, choose something different. Choose Christ in your life. Choose the opposite of the vice that you're living and choose that virtue. Your life will change. So... You know, guys, this is something that, again, we've been talking a lot about virtue. We're right here in Holy Week. If you're looking for something that's going to help you, if you're looking to make a choice that's going to help your free will, seriously look at signing up for the narrow road. I'm not trying to sell you anything. But what I can tell you is I've been so pleasantly surprised at what it's done in people's lives. The stuff already in the first month, just comment after comment of guys that are doing things and their relationships with those around them are growing and they're growing in their relationship with Christ. So many guys are saying, I'm the man finally that I've wanted to be. I didn't think this was possible. And I'm not trying to oversell you on something. It's just been a blessing to see all this stuff and the simplicity of it. That's the thing, is the simplicity of the the opportunities for grace chart, the simplicity of the reading the gospel every day and asking God what's he saying to me, the prayers that we're putting in there. These are simple things, but again, guys are choosing every day to get up and do this. They're not throwing it by the side after five or six days and go, well, I'm done with that. They're getting up and choosing every day to say, okay, am I going to go to daily mass? Am I going to confession, adoration? Am I going to spend time with my wife? If I am, how? You know, with my children, what am I going to do with that? And it's been a grace in my life too. I've enjoyed keeping up with that and, and being a better man. So if you want to do that, you can sign up at the narrow road at justagownthepew.com. So guys, the catechism tells us by free will, one shapes one's own life. Jesus wants to heal you. The question is, are you going to let him? So let's ask it in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you come to all of us at some point in time to ask us if we want to be well. You desire our good and relationship with us more than we will ever know. Help us to understand that where we will spend eternity is up to us and our free will. And Lord, give us the strength to examine our lives, to get rid of whatever excuses we have, and make the choice to choose you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.